Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, episode 54. I'm Michael John Simpson. This week, I flew solo again. Kitty was at a wedding. Our guest is stand-up comedian and all-around groovy human being, Virginia Jones. We chatted about the business of stand-up comedy, podcasts, women in media, and feminism. Also during our chat, we were visited by Virginia's roommate, Ashley Flowers, and comedian, Dax Jordan. Don't look it in the eye. Here's episode 54 of the Something Something Experience. No, because I was I was classically trained with a oh, Col- Columbia School of Broadcasting. Got it. Yeah, Got I did it. that in Col- Go ahead, scoot in a little bit. Yes. Um, I did that in Colorado, and um, so I've always I've always you've had already, the, you've always been uh, like going for a resume. Right. right. I mean, like, well, my sister is a um, hypnotist mm. and therapist. She's a hypnotherapist. She's I've got friends who do that too. And she, you know, she records all her sessions, and she said to me recently, she's like. I listened to one of my sessions from a couple years ago, and my voice is way high. I'm like, yeah, like once you start using it, right, right. kind of like settle in. Like, and it happens to like every radio DJ, like everyone who talks a lot, like right. their voice kind of like right. settles into a thing that I was just a thought that I had. Right. All right. Well, it's great to be involved. I've done about 50 podcasts, and I'm going to tell you, like, my expectation is this is the one that's going to break me nationwide. That's, <laughs> like I've just been waiting for the right. Well, I, I I guarantee you, asterisk. I don't guarantee anything I that this will be the one. I can't this is going to as, as well, to quote Steve Martin. This is going to be the the one bit that makes me. <laughs> this, is gonna, this is the one bit we wanted bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is going to be absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, the most famous podcast I've I've been on podcasts affiliated with the Nerdist Network. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on Lady to Lady. Mm. Who hosts Lady to Lady? That's a threesome. Three comics: uh, Barbara Gray, Tess Barker, and uh, um, I can see your face, Brandy Posey. Okay, I've heard yeah. of Tess Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and yeah, so they get to be like like a sister thing. So it's Nerdist, and it's also Jesse Thorne's grouping okay explodes no um jesse thorne's a a podcast network is there another network besides nerdist yeah yeah Yeah, i would love to land on a network i haven't really i haven't really shopped around for that yet i mean i don't know if you just go say hey can i be on your network or or if i feel like on some level it has to start there yeah yeah and i the thing i keep the thing i keep discovering is is just asking people for stuff and and if they say yes no they say no but if they say yes hey cool right exactly yeah it hurt it it does no harm no foul to just ask and, and get a polite no you know um no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And the fear thing is really going away, too. That's good. Hi there. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm good. Hi, who are you? I'm Michael Simpson. I'm, uh, uh, I know uh, Virginia through uh, uh, Ground Control. Ground Control. Oh. And, uh, and stand-up, too. Um, and nice this, t-shirt. I, thank you. And I have a card for my podcast. I oh. heard you just started a podcast. I would love to... Uh, do a cross pollination, or oh, we or, just started our podcast last week. No, he knows. Fine. He we're, just we're means recording our second episode tomorrow. 
awesome. He just means, he just means that he wants to pee on you. Oh, yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Which is the rapper that does that? <laughs> that R. Kelly? R. Kelly, yeah. yeah. I yeah. wanted to make the joke, but I knew I was going to get it wrong. Because I almost said Kanye, and I'm like, that's... No, no. That's no. not right. No. That's not right. We don't know what Kanye, what's in Kanye's closet yet. We will find oh, we'll something find out, someday. He's the one yeah. that's married to the Kardashian, right? Yeah, when, Correct. He and, when he and Kim split up. The Kardashian. Everything's coming out. Everything's coming out. Everything's coming but, out. But, um... Yeah, I love other, you know, talking to other podcasters. I would love to talk, to have you on ours and us and on she's yours. Also and a, she's also a visual artist and graphic designer. Something, what's the something something experience mean? Uh, it's, well, I think that um, the original guy who created this with me was a big Joe Rogan fan. And so there's the Joe Rogan experience. And he said, we should call it. I said, well, so what, are we gonna, what are we going to call our podcast? And he goes, I don't know. I think it should be the something something experience. And I was like, hmm, okay. And I went home and I talked to my son. And I said, hey, you know, we're starting a podcast. And my guy and my friend at work said, you know, we should call it the Something Something Experience. He goes, you know, that's actually a good name. And I'm like, hey, yeah, you're right. And I went to Ash and I'm like, hey. And he's like, yeah. So we did that. And then Something 2XP kind of, you know, shortens that. And it was available as names and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, just the whole thing. Right. The short answer is I'm a smart ass. Right. Yeah, the short answer is I'm a genius. And ah! this will be. This is going to be the podcast that launches Virginia's career. Yes, I told them what my expectations are, which is this is going to be after like fifty some odd podcasts. This is going to be the one that makes me. I've been on Jackie Cation's podcast. Oh, you've been on Dork Force. Cool. I've been on Dork Force. So I've had her ago. on mine, but I yeah. have, I'd love to be on hers. Um, I was so long ago that it's not even on her main. I don't think she remembers. It's in the archives. Like it's in the archives. Like because right. it was like two thousand seven. Maybe. Oh wow. Yeah, she's been yeah. doing that a long time. Yes. She was one of the first comedians to have one. Her and her and uh, Marin and and Rogan and there's a few of the people that have been doing podcasts for a long time. What are you using? This is called uh, Boss Jock Studio. Okay. It's a ten dollar app on the App Store, and this is an old iPad two from two thousand and six or seven. It's old and ancient, but it works in a, in a blue and snowball, snowball microphone and the little adapter, and boom, off and running. This thing's great, and then it you just record. And then you do a little export, and you plug it into iTunes, and grab the MP3 file, stick it on your computer, and then you can do whatever you want. I use I use um, Audacity to edit. Okay. It's real simple. Anything you want to know about or, or whatever, I'd be happy to answer questions. It's all kind of stuff I just kind of figured out on my own of mm-hmm. just okay, trying well, I'm gonna different things. I'm going to let you guys things. do this, and then when you're done, I'm going to tag in. All right. And just ask some questions, because I have many. I'm trying, but it's No, really no, hard. it's great. And, and I'm... And, I highly recommend, highly, highly, highly recommend next year, go to LA PodFest and take your, your, your mobile setup with you and you will meet, there will be lots of well-known people there. I got Wayne Fetterman, I got Greg Proops, I got Jackie Cation, I met Jen Kirkman and Mark Marin and, and uh, so many people, Todd Glass and... LA PodFest run, uh, administrated and managed by... Andy Wood. Andy Wood, yeah, Andy yeah. yeah. He's, he's one of, he's the, one of my the best su- friends. The super ego guys were there. I talked to yeah. all those guys. I, I'm, I'm in, been talking to Chris, uh, Chris Tolman about being on the podcast and uh, uh, Matt Kirshen, a UK comedian, a little short meet. Uh, yeah, no, he's my human friend. He's going to be on next week. So, yeah. Matt Kirshen and I were on a podcast together called Book Me, <laughs> where we talk about books that we are recommending people read. 
Yeah, well, the the thing with Matt Kirshen, we had scheduling conflicts and this and that, and and that was the, that's the whole thing that's driving me to want to get a studio, so I don't ever have to rely on anyone else's schedule anymore, and I can just say, hey, Kitty, we're doing the podcast, show up Sunday, boom, and then hey, yeah. guests, show yeah, up, yeah, yeah. and we're in Burbank, and here we're at our studio, and that's more professional, and I think right. that'll be able to get more professional people in, and right. we're not, you know. We're not recording at somebody's apartment. Jesus. Ooh. Well, know, let's see if somebody gives you a fucking soy latte at your fucking studio. This is delicious, by the way. I'm so glad you think so. So, uh, so yes, Ashley, chime in whenever you wish. What do you mean? At, at any point. You said you are going to tag in, so tag in whenever you want. Oh, no, I'm not going to... She doesn't want to be on the like, recording. Oh, she oh, wants okay. to talk to you as a person. Oh. Yeah, no, you, Virginia's earned this. I, uh, I've had a podcast <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go hide in my room. Oh, all right. Make okay. graphics for my podcast, actually. Also, I'll probably walk through with laundry at some point, but... Fantastic. I'm I like laundry. disappear into the ether. Okay, okay baby. The black sw- yeah. swirling smoke. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know a lot of the people that I know already. I know. I I it's love comedians. I love comedians and I love yeah. comedy. I've been doing stand up at um uh, uh Liquid Zoo on on mm, Wednesdays. That's a pretty crazy with, with Ron. It's so much fun and it's it's. I've been wanting to do stand up since I was a kid and I did um, uh, I talked about this a lot but I wound up doing being an MC for a comedy gig at my community college in Denver and should have just stayed and kept doing it right. not knowing no one told me at the time just go do the thing if you right. go and just do open mics over and over and over again you will be a comedian it will happen i mean that's the thing about comedy and really anything mm-hmm. creative just do it. I mean that, that 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 phrase. Start doing it. That phrase. Just it. start doing it, and eventually people will be like, and and do it the way you want to, and do it in your voice, and do it with the thing, and don't worry about what other people like or don't like. Eventually, people are going to go, oh yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm on board. And and that's the thing. It's such a hard lesson and such a hard wall of fear for me to get over because all my life everybody's been saying, "Oh, you'll never be able to do that. Oh, you'll never make a living in that. Oh, you'll never do this." Or, well, you won't make a living at it, but you can do it. You can do it, right? <laughs> right. And even if I don't make a living right. at it, it's You're about doing it's it. much more about the the soul nourishing thing. Yes, absolutely. There's some great comics coming out of Denver, though. Like, you mm-hmm. got your Adam Caton Hollins. Uh, my friend Lizzie Pilcher came out of Denver originally, but then was in Seattle for 10 years, but now she lives here. Like, there's, Denver's, Denver's a good town. Well, that, and that's the thing is, like, I always feel lucky having come, uh, started doing comedy in Portland mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's just all the stage time you can eat. Like, nothing but stage time. I feel terrible for kids who are from L.A. or who move here very, very early in their comedy because it's like every three minutes is a a battle. Like, it's so hard. And, like, uh, you know, we make jokes about, like, I want to, you know, it's like I wind up doing karaoke. It's easier to get up for a song than it is to do three minutes of comedy sometimes. And, like, if I'm holding a microphone and there's a light on me, like, that feeds, like, something. Right. Uh, I have to say your rendition of Kate Bush. I was I, that delighted me to no end. I was uh, that yeah. just that hit me in all my happy places. I was dancing in front of you and singing and, so and singing you. my high voice. You know my false horrible falsetto. And I it was, was so happy to have a boy uh, dance party. It very rarely happens that you just get an all boy dance party. I will go and dance 
I, at, place, at places oh, yeah. and thing and in front of people, sure. I will go do that. In high school, I was the one who was always out on the dance floor first. Didn't give a fuck. That's great, and that that that, that that's probably part of a comedy personality. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. I thank you for for liking my Weathering Heights. It's a song that I specifically had been working on because, again, things you thought you couldn't do. Like I never thought that I would have a range that high. At the risk of blow- sounding like I'm blowing massive amounts of smoke up your your hiney, I I, <laughs> I don't know what you're into. Um, <laughs> hey. um, there's a friend of mine named Catherine Renta who lives mm-hmm. who lived in L. A. and now lives in Colorado. And it's funny, I moved here, she moved right, there. Switched. But she um, she and I had these um, wonderful Kate Bush moments. And the day she pa- was packing the fi- last day, she was packing up to move to Colorado forever. We, I went over to her place and helped her pack a couple things, and we laid down on her bed like, like in a in a in a after school special teenage girl bonding moment kind of way of of and a real pretty pink right laying opposite and you know up on the bed uh, you know her laying one way and uh, other way so like our shoulders are touching and laying on back staring up at the ceiling singing the whole Kate Bush Hounds of Love album in its entirety together. So because of that, I, and I always give huge, ridiculous amounts of context for everything I say, for every little story I have. But um, so she, because of that, she's one that 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 person that I think of when I think right. of Kate so you're, Bush. You're locked into that. But I was driving in my car yesterday, and um, uh, a man with a child in his eyes came on, mm. and I'm singing that, and your pink hair and you on stage at ground control flashed in my head. So now you are now in the echelon of two people, two people that I think of now with Kate Bush. And I now associate with Kate Bush. There was a, uh, so you think you can dance is a show that I like? Yes. Yeah. My my wife is very, very big into that show. A couple years ago, Mm -hmm. there was a dance routine to this woman's work. Oh yeah. 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 And I'm tearing up now thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I yeah, think no, I might have seen that. It, it was, it was, uh, it was really, really beautiful. And I was like, it was, I think it was a, a duet between two women. But, uh, but she's very evocative and very, very amazing. And I'm always glad when other people know her work and like and ping into that because it's a very specific mm-hmm. thing. We'll talk about like just doing the thing that you do and just really focusing. Like she's like, hey, I'm a soprano, I'm a ballerina. I want to write a song about uh, a lady who's a ghost who's rapping at her ex-lover's window. I'm like, hey, let me in. Uh, you know, she's really, she's, she's, she's a unique little, yeah. little being. But thank you, yeah. thank you. No, it's, yeah. it's something I've been, something I've been specifically working on with my voice coach. <laughs> so nerdy, so nerdy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Portland, real quick, Jamia Jefferson says hello. Oh, very nice. I have been friends with her since my teen years from Colorado. We, really? We, we're in Colorado. She was a member of this collective. I was a dumb white kid in the suburbs, which I've said many times. Um, and I, a, a friend of mine, started dating uh, a girl uh, named Willow. Hi, Willow. Who went to one of the inner city schools that was in that kind of. Um, uh, a bougie white area of mm-hmm. town. There was that inner, that one inner city school, Thomas Jefferson, where everybody went. I can't remember if it was Thomas Jefferson or Jeff, George Washington. One of GWTJ, one of the two. She went, and there was this collective of of very mixed race, very mixed uh, 
sexuality, you know, kind of bohemian, collective, goth kids, literary, book nerd types. And Jamia was one of those people. And I met her at a a really uh, amazing formative time of my life that was both very, very horrible and and trying and Mm -hmm. awful. And at the same time, meeting that group of people showed me that the whole world is not the suburbs of Denver and, and, yeah. and my parents and my dumb stepbrothers and all that, you know, that there's, there's life out there and yeah. there's something better out there. And that kind of started me on that journey of, yeah, she's amazing. She's uh she's someone who, um, has always been a touchstone for me. Like, like I think of her as a really like important person in my life, even though we, we haven't, you know, spent that much time. Like, like she's always working. I'm always on the road, but like I met her, she was dating a friend of mine who was running a Brit pop dance night in Portland, Oregon, Lovely. Lovely. Uh, called lip gloss and cigarettes. Of course. Fantastic. And lots of pulp and oh, suede God. and so much pulp. And then, and then kind of dipping back into kinks and sure, like precursors, sure, 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 sure. a really fantastic night. But uh, I got to know her. I read some of her books, and I used to when I used to travel a lot. I would read her books, and it really felt like hanging out with her. Like I could mm-hmm, hear her voice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally, and, uh, totally. Reading her, yeah. her, her. It's just like her, hanging out with her. Her gory, her gory, salacious. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sexy vampire, books. sexy vampire books. Yeah. The, the the line that always resonates me that the the was one of the, it's like one of the first chapters in one of the books and the 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 main the protagonist gets attacked by a vampire for the first time mm-hmm. and she's menstruating and he goes right right, right where and she, she says he took a long hard pull at my cunt and I was like wow that's a Jimmy and Jefferson line I'm like yes yes it sure is <laughs> but she's fantastic and then through like. Like her boyfriend at the time introduced me to Baby Cat and Karaoke, who were some of my dearest friends in Portland. Like, mm-hmm. in Portland's very good for that. It's just like uh, different angles into things and and like and like uh, and kind of interwoven connections. I want to tell you a really weird story about the phrase "just tell me, do tell it." Me. Um, so everybody knows it's Nike's catchphrase, of course, of course. and I worked there for a clean decade. Mm. Uh, and then my father. Uh, now deceased, but he told me, like he was like he was like, well, do you know where "Just Do It" came from? It came from the last words of serial killer Gary Gilmore. Mm. And I said, Dad, I have worked at Nike a long time. Wyden and Kennedy made it up. You are full of shit. <laughs> and he said, No, no. Uh, his last words. They were like, Do you have any last words? And he says, Let's do it. And that was in- inspiration. I'm like, Dad. Let's we do it not. and just do it. Yeah. But then I, I Googled it, and sure as shit, there was a guy from Wyden and Kennedy. Uh, it was Ron Wyden saying, yeah, you know, we were thinking about, like, what's, like, how can we really distill this? And, and he's like, and creativity comes from the craziest places. And I was watching, you know, I was, like, reading about Gary Gilmore. I'm like, all oh, right, fuck. well, fuck. You know, I could not, I literally could not believe it. I felt like I was going out of my body because it's, it's, it's part of the legend that nobody, you know, it's not something that Nike talks a lot about. Of course not. Of course not. You know, and of course it doesn't mean that the shoes have anything to do with serial killers, but like, but how strange, like what a strange angle to come at it from. But now you can carry that around. And I was like, dad, how did you learn about this? He was like, well, I was, I was looking at the Wikipedia and uh, I got to update the Wikipedia on Gary Gilmore. 
Um, because they didn't know about Mormon blood atonement. And I'm like, well, that's great, Dad. You know, they don't like let just anyone update Wikipedia. Uh, because sometimes it's fun to tease your dad. But, <laughs> but yes, that's how I, that's how I learned about that thing. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah comedy. Yeah. I, I wonder if it. everybody who drives a Volkswagen knows. Right. That was Hitler's idea. But, uh, Hugo Boss, um, that business very much, uh, started, uh, with, you know, Jewish slave labor uh, during the war. Adidas has two dates of origin, uh, one pre-war, one post-war, mm. uh, because they were very much yeah, active yeah. in that time. Coco Chanel was a Coco Nazi Chanel, sympathizer. Well, she dated them. I mean, they look yeah, great in uniforms. It's I true. Mean, it's not it's true. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, it's interesting because it's like I think a lot of people were Nazi sympathizers, especially in Paris where they were the boss of everything. Like, not... Not everyone can be a revolutionary. Not everybody has it in them to yeah. be a revolutionary. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you talk to people who are like, well, I would have, you know, if I could time travel, I would have gone back to the 18th century, but I would have been nice to the slaves. I'm like, probably you wouldn't have because yeah. you would have been socially ostracized in big and small ways. Yeah. And probably I, may even murdered. Could have been murdered. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, the terrible things that were happening were normal right it wasn't right. it wasn't like right it was systemic i mean it, yes. it, that's the thing yes. that a lot of people don't get is about and kitty and i talk about this all the time mm. that just how much of everything every fucked up thing that we're trying to work on getting people to change their minds about people don't understand the depth and breadth of yeah. systemic of of, yeah. of the fact that this stuff is so deeply ingrained and goes back so many hundreds of years yeah. and how people are so adamantly fighting against these changes because it to them it is so normalized and it's so just the way things have always right. been and always should be right and feminism struggles with that you right. know like I, I think it's an interesting time for feminism now because it's the first time that women have ever stepped forward and said, I don't think this is great for women that anyone's ever listened. Right. Like, it might not always right. be the solve, and certainly the right. internet is always there for when you say, I don't right. think this is great for women, the internet will reply, you are wrong, and you should be raped and killed. Right, um, right. But, yeah. but it's the first time that people are like kind of like looking at that question a little bit more. Well, why do women get paid differently? Well, because they always have. Well, why is that? Why? Because it's always been that way. Right, right. Okay. Oh, oh. There's no reason. Okay. There's no reason. No, there's a lot of reasons. It's because we have the potential to have children. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's reason. Well, enough. and that's the thing from from a natural meaning nature standpoint. Mm -hmm. That's where we're in all power lies. The, mm -hmm. the ability to create life mm -hmm. or to choose not to create life. Mm -hmm. That's where all the power really lies. And you know, there's more women than men in the world, and. Really, that, that, that really, when you boil it down to it, in nature, that really is where all the power lies. Right. And and men don't want to accept that. And and wealthy white men don't want to accept that. Right. And and it's it's haven't we had enough? Hasn't ha, things aren't working very well for the majority of us? Right. Uh, on many levels. Maybe try to decide, so try something else. Time, maybe now. How about, gonna, how about now? How I'm going to say something super specific to 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 me and what I do. Um, one of the challenges that I'm having. Uh, well, okay, so so as bad as things are for women, people are uh, defunding Planned Parenthood because mm. of a ridiculous trumped up, not true movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And did nobody see Alien Autopsy? Exactly. I mean, come on. These things are. Ugh. Um, and uh, we still don't have equal pay. We still don't have mm-hmm. equal rights. People mm-hmm. are criticizing Hillary for her appearance. Mm-hmm. While it's fine for Trump to say that Mexican people just moved here to rape. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And like, uh, and you can see the inequality. You can see it everywhere. So, but in comedy, it's it's just twice to three times it's a million times oh yeah oh yeah like there's just there's no such thing as a female headliner there's maybe three women in the world who are considered you know good enough and it's because the entertainment industry predicts the future by the past Mm -hmm. like that's all they know how to do Mm -hmm. and um what worked what made money once will make money money again. again And don't do anything besides the thing that's already made money because what would that look like? And so that's. And thank Christ, Schumer is out there proving everybody wrong. Schumer's amazing. Paul Feig is amazing. You know, we have some great allies. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for Ghostbusters. Can't wait for. Everything everything I've seen has been. Protagonists in in the new Star Wars a black man and and a woman. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's just a nice change. But, um, but one challenge that we have, so there's like, there's some secret groups that I'm not allowed to talk about, but it's groups in which women in comedy share specific challenges that they've had in Mm -hmm, comedy. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one thing that challenges me is that we share these amazing stories of like, I was told I couldn't get booked on the show because there was another, like on this big New York comedy club, there was already another woman on the show and I couldn't get booked. I was told that uh, they don't use women as headliners, but like, but all we do is we bitch to ourselves and each other because if we... Put it out there. If you'll you put get, it out there. We'll get ostracized. Exactly. And women are and like and like. I keep running my head up against this because I'm like, we didn't get the vote by sitting around and being polite and yeah. waiting for someone to yeah. give it to us. You know, yeah. Rosa Parks yeah. did Take not quietly Take that sit shit. down. You have and like, but no one wants to sacrifice and no one wants to be the first to stand up and say this is bullshit. Yeah. So it continues yeah. to be bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember the thing that. Was it Kirkman was talking about mm-hmm. that a male comedian exposing himself or jacking off in front of female comedians and, you know, you have to be quiet or it'll ruin your career. And everybody yeah. thought it was Louis C.K. and it wasn't him. It was, I think it was Stan Hope, but I think it eventually wound up being Stan Hope. But it was also Louis C.K. Oh, but, was it? Okay, okay. But um, the, the sad thing is this that, um, and I, I, I know one of the women involved with the Louis C.K. thing, so, you know, I have like first hand. Okay. Okay. Second hand. I wasn't there. It's not that I don't. I, I'm, right. I'm always willing right. to I know, listen, I, I was, and I'm always willing to believe no, because I saw, that shit happens every goddamn minute, right. of every goddamn day. Right. That's the thing. Is like, and I saw Jen Kirkman like make a statement and then retract it and say, "Oh, I misunderstood." But I thought but she the, was talking about Stanhope, though. Uh, originally it was CK, and then she was like, "Oh, I have different information now." But okay, the big picture is. And, and it was it, it got to be weird because people started equating it with Cosby, which is nothing like no, Cosby. No, 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 like no, 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 no. But the fact is, it's that still fucked up and wrong. It's still fucked up and wrong, right? And but the it's fact not is that almost crossing. every every male comic that you know, like, and respect has like done something because comics are fucked up people. And right, we, yeah. I know that. And part of the social atmosphere, which mm-hmm. I enjoy, part of the social atmosphere of. Being around comics is is the riffing and shitting on each other. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the deal. That's part of but part of the, the deal fun, is also always but been it's also shitting on women. Shitting on women. And the fact is that when you get successful and powerful, it doesn't make you a better or more more whole person. So unfortunately, I have to say, like we no, I I, I don't think that um, 
things that uh, individuals have done that have never been they've never been charged with they've never been prosecuted they you know we can't just demonize them and throw them out out of hand because everyone has done something mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um adam richmond is still booking gigs and he was he's the guy who was charged with sexually assaulting a waitress in minneapolis mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. eventually the case was thrown out because the judge was like well you were both too drunk like he, he was like your stories don't line up you were both too drunk uh, Jackie Cation actually wrote a lot on her blog about mm-hmm, that case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, what's funny is uh, her, Adam Richmond has started writing her under pseudonyms and saying, well, that was thrown out. You said you would take that down. She's like, I never said any such thing. Mm-hmm. I never said anything about that at all. Um, but so as as, 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 as as terrible as things are, like Kevin Hart, I've heard mm-hmm. uh, assault stories. uh um, I'm not a fan of the man's work, so. But it's like, but it's like, even if you yeah. if you are, you you're not. Like, it is systemic. It comes it's back systemic. down to that. Systemic. When you're in a world where women aren't worth very much, and you're worth more, these abuses will happen, mm-hmm. and that's part of the thing. Right. So it's like, as much as you like hear some like bad things about one comic and another. Welcome to comedy rape chat. I know it's so <laughs> no, fun. No, no, it's no, so no. It's a, it's fun. that's the thing. We 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 cover important stuff here too. It's yeah. not just it's not all. But yeah, I yeah, I do want to like have funny chat at some point. But no, no, no. But I, like, but this like, is important. But important. I want to talk about I want to talk about the normalcy. Like I was talking to so women comics were talking about. You know, big and little things like, okay, so one thing is uh, you're on the road with a guy, he's your headliner, you're his feature, and then he, and, and it's not rape or assault, but he's just like, and we could have sex, and you go, well, that's not what I'm here for. And then that can be received poorly or well. Like, it's happened to me, like, just like, mm-hmm. hey, and, it, and it's it's just like, hey, we could be having sex right now. Well, that's not what I'm here for. That's not my function. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of my male comic friends, who's a great guy who is friends with women, who is largely women positive, said, well, of course he wants to have sex with you. If he didn't, he would just take out another guy on the road like normal. Like, that's normal. Mm. And that's just that's just the thing. So there's a lot of things to talk about. Oh, I know. I know, I know, I know. And and, and there's there's things like that that... that I, I, I'm just as much of a piece of shit as everybody else in the world. Sure. I've done horrible things. That we've all done horrible things. Um, but you know, I'm a hoping that that me wanting to try and do you know do comedy and stuff, I can bring yet another, be yet another nice person in yeah. in the scene. And I know you so. will be. And unfortunately, as a as a straight white male, we don't well, need you. No, but, <laughs> no, you don't. Y e t a n o t h e r straight white male. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's been said on this podcast many times, I make no case for it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I mean, ask ask both of my wives. I'm the gayest straight man you'll ever meet. So, so. <laughs> one's ex yeah. and one's current. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and if it were all current, that's certainly part of Los Angeles. Hey, as well. Why not? As well. Not? So. I'm going to a party uh, after this podcast with a dear friend. Who is in in a poly relationship, and he talks about it. So it's not a secret, but it's also very funny. I asked him to go, so I, w- I got tickets for the Broad Museum, uh-huh. and like you know, it's free, but you have to register quite a bit in advance. Right. And then I started like looking around for a pal to take who's free during the daytime. So 
comics. Mm-hmm. And he had made the mistake of saying something about art in my presence. And so I thought, I was like, hey, would you like to go? Here's the date that I have tickets for. And he was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll run it past the family. I'll see if they all want to go. So I had asked him the to family. go to a thing. And he also wanted to take his girlfriend and her husband. And then I I wasn't sure how to say, gosh, you know, this is uh, this is just for, I only have the one. I mean, I guess you could go with her, but then I would have to stay home. And that would be weird. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it was your thing, right? Right. Like, yeah. uh, like, I'm like, you know, bless you guys. Uh, everything you got going on, great. Yeah, yeah. This is just a fun social thing uh, with one with one person. One person. One yeah, person. Yeah. Um, but no, they're yeah. darling. They're darling people. Somebody, somebody. I don't remember which comedian it was. But somebody was on. I want to say it was on Nerdist talking about being poly, and I don't remember who it was now. I, I can tell you with almost 100% certainty it was Baron Vaughn. Uh, no. He's, he's, he talks about it a lot. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, I don't think it was Baron Vaughn. No, that, that might be, but there was somebody else though. No, there's, there's, it, it, it happens. It goes, oh, around. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, and like, you can understand how, um, well, those, those, in a those, comedy way, that makes a lot of sense. Like, if you are someone who travels a lot for work, Having an open thing, but having your established primary. Of course, of course. Works. Yeah, I'm. I'm very familiar with with the poly thing. We know lots of people who are poly in in various forms and another. Mm-hmm. another. So you know, it's something I'm very familiar, and very supportive of, and and I think I think the poly thing goes hand in hand with you know with LGBT um, alphabet soup, you right. know, and and just kind of. Really, anything anybody wants to do, as long as everybody's communicating and being nice to and each other, fine. fine. Being honest yes. and nice, and yeah, you're 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 right. There's a connection there, and the connection I think is uh, like what we do is not other people's business. That's right. that, and, that, and that's what people run their heads up against with you know uh, LGBT. Like, at what point, like whether this is like. I saw a thing on Facebook like if you're in public and you can't tell what gender someone is, stop worrying about it. Like just don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about like, it. it yeah, just it, let it, it go. You don't have not, to. You you're don't not. Have you're to, not in it. You don't have to mentally pigeonhole every single person right. you run across. But that's how we. Learn. I mean, we're all naturally curious, and right. and and it's okay. About other people. It's okay to be curious about other people. It's okay to. But we do that with every. As long as you're doing that with everyone and not just singling anybody out, that you're just like, hmm, I wonder what that person does in their off time, or I wonder what that person looks like naked, or I wonder what that person person's favorite book is, mm-hmm. or you know, it's that thing of we all go through these little computations about every person we meet. Well, one interesting lesson for me um, in having transgender friends is, and we can say it all we want, is that gender is a construct. Like the reason we want to know. Are you straight? Are you gay? What is happening? Is that we have ideas about what each of those things means. Right. We have little, like, well, fill in the blanks. There's also a biological impetus for that. Mm-hmm. It's like, am I going to be able to successfully breed strong offspring with this person? Mm-hmm. That's that's a thing. That's that also a component. That's also a component. But, like, yes. So, but it's interesting how um, my, my trans women friends point out to me what I think of as being a woman and what I think of as not being a woman... And uh, and why is that? It's because it's everything that that I have in my programming in the past. Uh, you know, it's a tricky territory, but it's like um, when you, when you see Caitlyn Jenner on her show, like bossing people around and like telling people to like make this and get on this bus, and, and like 
just something at your base level is just like, well, that's not what women do. And, and it's not because we never have before. But I think knowing trans women, and I know two great uh, trans women comics, one of whom is my partner in, a, in an open mic we run, and one of them is just a dear friend. But, like, it's interesting watching them and, like, what lessons can, can cis women learn from them? Like, what can, what can I incorporate from this? Because, because I see, you know, the uh, going through this world with this kind of, like, dominance and confidence and, like, loudness is not something that cis women do. And why, and why don't we? You right, know? right, 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 and right, like, right. And, like, what we were talking about before about, you know, asking for opportunities, asking for things, um, being more uh, aggressive, mm-hmm. it's not something that mm-hmm. cis women are programmed mm-hmm. to do, and mm-hmm. why not? Right. Why don't we right. do that? What could, What are we missing out on that right. we could be getting? Well, that's one of the things that my stepmom brings to the table. She mm-hmm. is, like, mighty ball and chain, you know, ass kick master at, mm-hmm. at work, and... and She's like the assistant to the CEO of the organization she works for. Mm-hmm. And she is like the boss. I mean, she is like, you know, I mean. And that's great. And that's awesome. And yeah. there should be more women that feel free and are put into positions of being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Of, as Paula Poundstone would say, putting on the big poofy shoulder pads and, and you know, throwing, and, and as Greg Proops would say, throwing your clit around. So that's, yeah, that's good. really throwing it around. That's good, so. Paul Welcome to Comic D Quotes Chat. So <laughs> that's one of our recurring things on here is, is nice. welcome to whatever we're talking about chat. <laughs> Paula, Paula has one of the quickest brains in the and like the most unique brains in the business. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. she's someone that there I've was some kind of weird decades thing that the, 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 her husband and kids or some weird thing that happened like twenty years ago or something like that. But that's what all. happened was. She she's never had a husband because uh, she's super gay, but she um, fostered kids. She had right, kind of right, a fucked right, up right, childhood right. herself, and fostering and adopting kids was Im- important to her. But she also was managing was a-, a lot of her life with drinking. So what right. happened was she was drinking in the day. She was driving kids to get ice cream. Uh, she got a Dewey, but because it was child endangerment, there was a big thing, but I thought there, there was, was a, a fellow thing. involved, a, a partner, or a, a guy. I thought that there was something. I don't think so, but I mean, it could, yeah, I mean, and, and it could have just been learning. could have been just the the, right. the the media throwing somebody's what, name in there. To what saying, happened? What 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 happened? And was interesting about how the media uh, presented that case was she, there was like a child, like um, there was sex abuse, like there was like in the implication. Of uh, molestation, yeah, 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 yeah. But it was because the children were in danger because she was drinking. Right. Driving. Okay. Yeah. No, but I and she, I, lost, but I, and she lost I, custody. But I thought, it, yeah, and I just thought at the time, and again, it could have been complete false reporting or right. whatever. But and I'm not trying to uh, right. argue or anything. But it's right. just at the time, there was some guy's name associated with that case somehow, and I they may have said partner husband something mm-hmm. incorrectly, or whatever, right? But so. But, but yeah, I've always suspected but, that that she was, and because that was the thing that struck me as odd about that at the time was like. I always thought Paula Pouncer was gay. Was yeah. like, so, yeah. She's pretty much professionally gay. Yeah. <laughs> well, but she's she she she's not someone who seeks partnership. She she's she's kind of asexual. Like kind like of asexual, that's, that's right? Not, and I, that's because a that's lot of not her, where she puts her energy. A lot of her comedy routines were always about being like, oh, sex. I don't have time for that. Ooh, you know? Yeah. Oh, that seems because I was I watched a shit ton of comedy, like glued to Comedy Central twenty four seven when I right. first got cable in the early nineties, and so I was like. 
watching short attention span theater and stand up stand up and just, yeah. just absorb 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 and again that whole affinity with stand up you know memorizing wild and crazy guy at age 7 and then the whole litany of of Cosby's career that I had to completely delete from my computer <laughs> last year. There's all these arguments going on. Oh, you should separate the artist from the work, or you know, the person from the work. And I'm just like, no. It's hard and stand I up can't. because it's so personal. And it like, is. It's a piece like, of. It's a piece of my childhood that was taken away from me. Right. Right. To me, it was just as much of a hard loss for completely different reasons as losing Robin Williams. Right. It's the same. It's that same feeling. And but there's a, an ickiness to it as well. That that's this horrible other thing and people's lives destroyed and blah 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 mm-hmm. associated with it as well. But it's still that feeling of loss for me and for millions of other people whose work that man's lives yeah. enriched. Yeah, I, and and it is hard. Like, but like, so in the Roman Polanski, uh-huh. you know, and that's gross. But and it was disgusting. And it was a terrible crime. Woody Allen. Woody Allen. But like, their things, and Woody Allen is certainly more like self portrait than Polanski, but, like, I feel like I can still enjoy a Polanski film. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 You're right. Despite because, the fact that he's a criminal. Because his work wasn't yeah. holding up this, yeah, this mirror to society of, of this is how this certain thing in this bubble should be, this is how people should be, this is how people should behave. Right. Here's just my art. Whereas Cosby, right. his whole thing was this squeaky clean, fatherly, right. isn't childhood funny, blah, blah, blah. And it's blah, so blah. interesting that, that of you know, like, uh, I was talking to somebody and they were like, they were like, and it's so interesting that Hannibal Burris brought it up. Like, Hannibal Burris oh, is, yeah. is very funny, but he's no, like, hero for women and he didn't even bring it up for that. Yeah. But it would have to be him. It couldn't have been anybody, but it had no. to be... No. A black man, because if it was yes. a white man, it would have been be racist. racist. It would have been if it was, if a, woman, it was a, woman, a woman. It would have been oh, you bitch, lying, you whatever, yeah, lying, yeah. lying whore, yeah. blah blah blah. Right. But like, and like, it's less. I, I had a joke in my act about Cosby before we got to the big five zero, and, oh, and and like yeah. the dominant culture just started saying okay, this because like because right. when it was thirty women and forty women, people were still saying, but you Who's know, about it back in the in the early two thousands or nineties even. Oh yeah. Well, shit, Cosby had bits about Spanish flag. Is back in the '60s. Well, that's that's absolutely true. But um, you know, him and Robert yeah. Culp poncing around the town. You know, it was definitely it was, around the, the world. It, yeah, it's a weird thing because it's definitely something that had been in the culture, and like you know, now that we are looking back, like people found like that Tina Fey kind of you know Amy Poehler bit about it, and like yeah. uh, it's oh, certainly yeah. been a story that was told. But everyone, I mean, it was absurd because he was everybody's dad, and like. But uh, but like because sweaters and Jello pops and, exactly. Uh, yeah. No, I like I the people I feel worse for actually apart from his victims are like black comics. Oh yeah, you know, and people who are this, so you have such a blow to that. I mean, like I mean, one of my friends. Don't people have it bad enough? Don't right, people, exactly. aren't people disenfranchised enough to have to, to, to then then this happens right. further? You know. Well, like, yeah, I have a friend who, like, renamed his dog, like, one of my, you know, the, the musical artist Cosby sweater, like, had to walk away from that mm. title just because of all the things, of all the things. But, like, it is interesting how many people, um, going back to systemic, and I swear to God I'm going to be funny after this, I swear to God, <laughs> I'm going to start trying to think of funny things. <laughs> the show's like, going to start any moment. <laughs> any moment now. It's, oh, I'm just going to actually into it. Go ahead, say what you're going to say, and then I, I really have to run yeah, the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like the number of people who said either one, those fifty women are lying, or two, 
well, it's too late and we need to just, like, it's amazing. But, I can't but see, I'm flipping off the world right now. It's because women are human garbage. Like, yes, that's, yes, like, yes, it yes. all comes, like, what, any, any problem that women the, have is because we're human garbage. John Lennon song uh, sure. from from Double Fantasy. Woman is the N word of the world, yeah. and you know it's true. It's, it's absolutely true. true. Everything that we've been talking about up to this point, it, it, it further cements for me mm-hmm. why people like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, yeah. you know, uh, um, her her Smart Girls campaign and Tina Fey and the and the the outspoken nature. Jennifer Lawrence talking about pay disparity. Um, uh, Bradley Cooper, bless him, trying to help with, you know, it's like, okay, so, hey. so take some of your extra pay and donate it to some women's causes, whatever. Okay, that, that would be a nice extra step. But he's talking about it. He is a cis white male in the business mm-hmm. talking about pay disparity. And he's, you know, going and that's, to... St- and that's giving it validity. That's giving it validity. And, 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 and Schumer. I keep coming back to Schumer. Yeah. I think right now Schumer is the most important comedian out there. Yeah. And, and and not to take anything away from anyone else, but to to further validate women's issues and further validate how women are treated as human garbage and, and, and to further shine the spotlight on that see, and how but, vital but that speaking is. Speaking of the spotlight, <sighs> bless Pardon you, um, see how much criticism she's oh, yeah. getting like oh, every week yeah. another accusation of joke theft or... Another racism. She said something racial to some valet parking attendant or and something. Like, the fact is that if you've followed Amy's career, she's always been edgy as shit. Yes, yes. Like that's that's who the fuck her, she her is. Comedy. Mm-hmm. Now, now there was the one bit where the whole thing with the um, spicy Latina thing bit in season two of, of Inside Amy Schumer uh-huh. that she then came back and said, I'm not doing that kind of material anymore. Right. This was, I, yes, I did that and, like, and I've reexamined it and I've learned and, and I'm not doing that. Yet. There's stuff, I've, I mean, I've been, I've been writing and doing comedy for nine years. Like there's stuff that's come out of my act that was perfectly fine at the time. Right. And I've always been a super pinko liberal but there's stuff that just doesn't sound right anymore, and that happens to all of us. Yes. But I got really cross. So I saw her movie, the Trainwreck movie. I thought it was great. I loved it. And then I talked. I kept talking to people, like, and like talking to people I'd meet. I'm like, "What do you think of the Trainwreck movie?" And they're like, "Well, it wasn't like it was good. It was okay." And I'm like, "Why isn't it? Why isn't? Why isn't that okay for a woman to just make an okay movie? Like, like what is the part of the diet? Like, how many just okay movies have men made and made a lot of money on?" Like, there's this Madonna and whore thing where, like, you either are the perfect woman and everything you says or everything you say is going to hit the right note all the time and you're always going to make everyone happy, which P.S. is impossible. Mm-hmm. And P.P.S. is why you're all going to get disappointed in Star Wars because there's nothing, no, there's no product that's going to please every single... not going to hold single, up to Empire Strikes Back. But I'm still going to, I think you're I'm gonna still going to like it. it. You're still going to enjoy it. But, I, like, but, like, but, like, when we put someone on a pedestal like yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. and have all these expectations, she's, she's a, a, a hard-working, very smart... Um, writer, thinker, performer, but she's not, uh, you know, she's not Jesus. No. You know, it's like nothing, like, uh, I just, I, I make a joke about if feminism would, were an Olympic sport, it would be one where the athlete just shoots themselves in the foot again and again, <laughs> standing on the field. <laughs> Doing Shooting it. yourself in the foot, and it's like how long before you fall in a crumple? <laughs> yeah, and just heat like boom, boom, boom. Because it's like yeah. because it's like 
you know, even where Amy's at now and all the successes she's had. She's still got to fight that. She's fighting feminists and she's also fighting, you know, white males, like, like literally from all sides. But I think she's, she's wonderful. But she's holding up. And I hope, and I hope, and I hope, and I hope, with all my heart of hearts, Mm -hmm. I hope she's happy. And I Mm -hmm. hope that she is, that she understands. I'm pretty sure she gets how important her work is. Yeah. But I hope she understands how much it's touching our lives. Yeah. I hope. And I hope... Like I said, I hope she's happy mm-hmm. for her in her personal life. I hope mm-hmm. I hope that's what I want for her because I think she's putting so much good out into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for me, for my little dumb brain, I need her to be happy. I need to be her ha- happy. Right. I mean, obviously, still hungry to to keep doing the work, but but happy. But I mean, happy I, think, to, I think the, the criticism point. to some point just energizes her and makes her and like demonstrates oh, to her how important. I agree. The, the fact that is. she keeps standing up, you know, the, yeah. the fact that she keeps getting, you know, just standing and not being knocked down. But I, I mean, a kind of a bummer fact is like I did a show in the same week I did a show uh, with Natasha Leggero on, and I did uh, Cameron Esposito's great mm-hmm. uh, "Put Your Hands Together" show at UCB, mm-hmm. and um, and I did another show uh, with. Was it Morgan Murphy? But another, like, mm-hmm. one of our mm-hmm. top echelon women comics. Mm-hmm. And they both said, uh, I mean, I'm trying to get out of stand-up. And I'm trying to just do more writing and do more, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. Because stand-up is so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's hard to hear because it's like, you guys are the top of the thing. You're, you're like, you're, you're who, you know, people are coming up. Be, like, we all aspire to be. Aspire like, to be. Right. But it's so fucking hard on us that, like... As soon as we get another opportunity, women we're jumping. Tend, we're women tend, to, women tend to bail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm. um, it's well, I mean, look at all the top top tier women comics. They mm-hmm. all move on to other things. Ellen, mm-hmm. uh, Judy eventually retired. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when I think about the big women of of the the you know comedy Roseanne. boom, Roseanne, uh, comedy boom. Uh, 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 oh God, what's her? Uh, Leifer, Carol Leifer, mm-hmm. a fucking. Uh, I, I, like I said, I was I was a comedy fucking nerd oh, in the yeah. '90s, and so I knew the men and the women, and always loved all of them. And anytime I ever hear, you know, Liz Winstead or somebody like that pipe, I mean, Liz Winstead created the fucking Daily Show, yeah, and nobody knows that. No, nobody knows no. that. And no. left because Craig Kilborn was a piece of shit to her. Was a piece of shit to her. Was a misogynist piece of shit. Yeah, and mouth that whole like- John Belushi women aren't funny bullshit. And it's like fuck you, fuck to the you. Well, I I've been working with Liz Winstead, and she's she, amazing. She she is um, the head of an amazing like female writers cabal yeah, yeah, yeah. called uh, Lady Parts Justice, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it, it works yeah. exclusively about women's reproductive rights. And but dealing with it in a funny way, like yeah, yeah. Um, they made an app called Hinder <laughs> that looks like Tinder, <laughs> but it just takes you through what your state representative's policy mm, on you yes. know against yeah how they're like. trying to fuck you out of your autonomy, your bodily autonomy, and on a daily basis. yeah, and. Um, <laughs> iTunes barred it because they said, "Well, we need they w- like they were like they were like, well, this isn't a parody thing because it's not women comedians like it's not comedians making it. Everyone making it was a comedian and like and like 
everybody who worships John Stewart, and there's so many good reasons to worship John Stewart. He's great. He's our most important Jew. He's our most important Jew. But like, um, uh, nobody like uh, people love the Daily Show, but Liz has been like, I have to explain to people who she is and where yeah. she comes from. It's oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah I, I was aware of her stand up, um, and and but she quickly transitioned from stand up into yeah. the writing and producing thing back in the '90s. And but I was. Because she would she would show up on on early Daily Show on you know and and um, and then yeah yeah it's so so yeah so to, let's see let's try to I'm trying to like I'm trying to circumnavigate like these important like but one thing I like about Liz and that is something that I agree with is that she only does political stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's all she gives a fuck about yeah yeah yeah. And it's think, like Will Durst or yeah. you know, other people like that. Yeah, you know, Mort, I, Mort Saul, people like that who solely work comedian you know, or work political. Yeah, and, and there's um, not a lot of obviously not a lot of women doing right. that. And like, and what I think is interesting about it, like, so you know, you get to a point in comedy. Uh, so you're right. Uh, how you get to be a good comic, you go do it, you do it again, you do it another time, and it's the opposite of brain surgery, right? Like, if you don't get it right the first time, you can like refine it and hone it. You and have to suck a hundred times before you start to grow and really yeah. start to find your voice and all that. And I like, and, and there's different numbers. Like God, Eddie Azard says a thousand. Um, yes, but yes. Well, he was like a busker. He started yeah. off as a busker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like the lesson he uh, there's a movie of of, of his um, that is very cool because what it teaches you. Okay, slight sidebar, and then I swear I'm going to come fine, right back fine, to this. But um, okay, so when you see new comics on the mm-hmm. scene, and when I say new comics, mm-hmm. people who've been working toiling in obscurity for ten years, mm-hmm. like that's the normal right, right. amount of time. There's a couple, like, weird media, like, tropes, like, lies that they're, like, and, like, because it's not cool to say, well, comedy's important to me, and I've been working my ass off in obscurity for 10 years. So people say things like, you know, I've just always been funny. I was always the funny person. Like, my friends made me get on stage the first time. Um, There's also this trope of, like, I had to be good at comedy. Every other job I've gotten fired from, this is the only thing I can do. Like, it's these stories you hear kind of over and over again. And Eddie Azard's, uh, uh... biography believe is basically the story of he wasn't successful at comedy he just kept doing it because he had to for him because he because he wanted to Mm -hmm. because he really wanted to be an actor he really wanted to be Mm -hmm. in hollywood he really wanted to be in this space but he he joined Cambridge to be in the Footlights, mm-hmm. uh, following the path of Monty Python. Sure. Failed at that. Had the worst review show right, at Edinburgh. Right, right. He was a busker. Mm-hmm. Failed, 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 mm-hmm. failed. It's a little he bit started of started off with a partner, I think, of street Yeah, partner, and then uh, started going to Edinburgh. Failed. Um, just continuing to fail, but continuing to refine and like mm-hmm. work on mm-hmm. his thing. And so that's the real story of comedy. Is you're a little bit smart, you have a point of view, and then you just weren't willing to work your fucking ass off. Right. Which is, I think, why we don't have sometimes as many women in it because women, if if a woman can be successful in any other way, you know, maybe she'll do that. But uh, well, plus plus there's just that that wall of misogyny, especially in comedy. Yeah. Especially in show. It's business. a lot. It's a lot. But yeah. but what I meant to say originally was. Um, so doing comedy a long time and um, seeing a lot of headliners and a lot of club headliners and like sometimes you'll see an act and you are aware that they're getting laughs, 
but it's just made of nothing. Like you walk out with just not a single idea in your head. Like you don't, you haven't retained anything. Because sometimes it's as much like the voice tonality. <coughs> <really. coughs> Cook. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, totally. I have a something in my. It's mm. all acting out and like saying things, and there's nothing there. There's nothing like there. you just poke the surface, and it all dissipates. And I, I mean, I think that that Liz and I are motivated by, very much by the same thing. Like I, this podcast is not a good representation of my comedy because I am. Very funny and punchline oriented, but I want there to be a point. You want there to be a point. I want there to be something that you think about later. Yes. And yes. Uh, a me- a, not not really a message. Message is to beat you over right, the head, but, but like, but there's something. There's some meat to it. Right. Right. There's a little bit of there. There. Right. Uh, nutritionally right. dense. Yes. Is something I like to yes, use to describe. Go. Right. My right. comedy. Right. But um. But yeah, I do. I do find that interesting. Like, uh, the lies that the media gives us about comics to make us feel like. Uh, they're still cool kids. Mm. You know, they're not mm. people who've been working their asses off mm. for a long time. Because right. that's not fun. No. And like, the stories of like, oh, bombing and bombing and bombing. Like, I don't know. And that's what I keep hearing about. And that's why I want to talk to comedians. That's why I want to mm. talk to people about their process. And that's why I want to talk to people about their comedy upbringing, their comedy, you know, their their journey. Because I wish someone in my 20s when I was in my 20s, I wish someone had told me, just d- go do it and, do and it. suck. And it's okay. Sucking is part of it. Because that was the thing that stopped me from doing it. Was that you you're going to suck. You're going to suck. You're going to suck. You're never going to make, you're ne- you know, things that my ex-wife told me, things that my parents told me, things that other people told me. But yet, at the same time, I always have people telling me, well, you're so funny. Why are you here? Why are you working in IT? You right. should be out there making people laugh somewhere. And the answer is... Because you like money, yeah, <laughs> and you have a child, but right, uh, right, but right. I will say um, the first time I bombed, I found it to be it's kind of liberating, right? Yeah, because you realize can't, can't get worse than this. can't get worse than this. They're not not literally going to kill me. This feeling where a whole room full of people didn't give a rat's ass about what I wanted to express to them, this passes. And so that was a gift, but then I got super low. Like, so, you know, I was coming up in Portland. I was working with established headliners, some amazing people. And the first time I saw one of my heroes bomb was very hard. So like, so like that's kind of the alpha and the omega. Like when you survive your bomb, you're like, okay. But then when you realize that no one ever is unkillable. Untouchable, right, right. That's a hard lesson. Because you always think like, I'm going to develop the skills I'm going to be so fucking bulletproof, but it doesn't exist. And I've been going and bombing it at, you know, uh, I had a couple good sets at, mm-hmm. at uh, Liquid Zoo, but, it, you know, the last couple times I also, you know, I bombed heartily and forgot half my set in the middle of it because I didn't do, because I didn't prep because I, it was my fault. It didn't right. prep. Um, but Ron is very encouraging. Other comedians have been very encouraging. And so I'm just like, okay. And it's like, like you said, I know the world doesn't need another white guy Sorry. out there. No, no, no. I, I'm aware. And that's the thing is I want to be, I want to try to live my life as aware of my privilege as possible right. yeah. to try to help. I mean, to try to just not be, be yeah, Y-E-T-A and O-T-H-E-R, cis white male out there telling everybody how they should be joining their life, you know, whatever. And, and like, uh, I was, I was staying, so a, a friend of mine in Portland runs this great comedy festival called All Jane. It used to be called All Jane No Dick. Uh, <laughs> and then last, last year in 2014, we had a, a men's rights activist 
who was ripping down posters mm. and um, putting up new posters he had revised. And it was kind of hilarious. Mm. And he put, like, all men's dicks will be severed on site. And we're like, wow, that's... We hadn't planned on it, but... <laughs> free advertising. Why not? And, like, we did get so much free advertising. And, like, because this story ran in the LA Weekly and it ran in the Boston sure. Globe and it went all over. And, like, it was super great. And, uh, but then the trans community became aware of the name mm. and then got upset mm. because of the implication that women couldn't have dicks. So then we've dropped the, the that part. Or no dick. But, um, uh, I was doing an interview with her on the, the Oregon, um, NPR affiliate OPB. And she got very furious with me when I said that women have... On some level, we, we're not without advantages in comedy. One advantage is visibility. Mm-hmm. And that might be the only advantage we have. Like right. If there's ten women, ten men on a show and there's one woman, people know it was me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do, on some level, feel sorry for, for straight white men just because, you know, especially young straight white men that they've just come out of like high school and maybe a couple of years of college and they all have the universal experience. Like that's one advantage you have is like you have some different experiences. Like, cause once they talk about pot and porn and their dicks and how they're broken, no one wants to fuck them. And then their hoodies are dirty. Like what else is there? You know, and uh, I don't talk about any of that stuff. <laughs> I don't talk about any of that stuff. Actually, you know, a lot of the first stuff that I was writing was all about being a dad and being a, being a fat dad, you know, cause I've, I've lost a whole bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. I never used the word, the, the term dad bod on stage. I did not go there. But I did talk about having, you know, like some people have a six pack, I have a keg, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, talking about being a fat dad and how, you know, gym class is different for kids now than it was when we were kids that, you know, for us, it was this, this torture thing where, you know, they took delight in taking down the nerds and, and ritual humiliation. And, and then now kids, it's like stand on the corner and, and, you know, take selfies with the basketball and a plus, you know, kind of thing. And, and keep it 100. Right, right, right. So, yeah, so that kind of stuff. But then now I've kind of, because I'm also already, because I'm having this benefit now of being in my 40s, not knowing, not caring about bombing, not needing to rely on this or whatever other than to nourish my own soul. Mm-hmm. And that's purely the, the, the place I'm coming from. And and so I... I for a lot of what comedians go through, I kind of have it easy because, like I said, I'm not having to rely on this to for anything else other than... And that's a fucking... That's a gift, man. Because, like, when right. I was doing my full-time corporate... Um, yeah, and that's I what I'm doing now. I became aware that the gift was I never had to take a gig that I didn't want to do. Right, right. I never had to I have the luxury of not going and doing yes. open mic on Wednesday. Yeah. And I haven't been. Yeah. And I hate myself for that because I need to be doing stand-up because I, you know, want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, because I don't want to work in corporate forever, but I am. So, right. but I'm, I'm just trying to be as realistic about it as possible yeah. and to keep it as soul-nourishing as possible yes. without the downside. And, you know, maybe maybe that means I'm not working at as hard as I should be or maybe that means I'm I'm getting away with something or whatever on a certain level but you know and and again always trying to be aware of the whole privilege thing and as well as that too but mm-hmm. um, so there, there was all these I kind of lost where I was going with that but but it's it's that thing of of 
I've been realizing the audience that I'm talking to also. Um, and now we're being invaded by someone who wants protein powder. Protein Hi, powder. Hi, Jackson. Protein powder. Sharing with the neighbor. Hi, how you doing? Hi, nice to meet you. Jack is one of my oldest friends in comedy. He's also friends with Matt Christian. Oh, cool. Matt's going to be on next week. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, time to do the professional thing and whip out the old business card. Network. Nice. That's my my tap card. I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) I I always love to have you on and and chinwag about comedy and uh, and your process and your stuff. Oh, I don't really have much of a chin. I don't know if you noticed. That's all right. That's all right. Gee, another another white guy without a chin. <laughs> so, all right, yeah, yeah, we'd love stuff. to have you on. I've been I've been trying to kind of push the the uh, the paradigm shift toward more comedy, you know, kind of comedy oriented stuff. But I talk to kind of anybody with any kind of creative creative stuff whatsoever. Ah. But but I love comedy, and I'm doing comedy. I'm doing. Uh, Liquid Zoo on Wednesdays, you know, down in the valley, and and, yeah. uh, and you're doing comedy. One of our comments are openly uh, were our live mouths about Polly because he said he'd heard someone talk about being. Somebody Polly. was on Nerdist it's talking gotta, about being Polly. Be it wasn't Baron Vaughn. And he wasn't sure it was. It was somebody it else. Duh, Mike Kaplan. Yes! Mike Kaplan! It was Mike Kaplan. It was yes. Mike Kaplan. It was Mike Kaplan. That's Jack Jordan's evil nerd. You're Polly. absolutely right. It was Polly. Mike Kaplan. Polly Loudmouth. Polly Loudmouth. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm glad you Polly said that. Nice, but it's good to Polly hear Lavic. about on such a... That's a big audience, you know, format. Yeah. yeah. Having people talk positively about that and yeah. say, this works for me and it's okay. Yeah. And that was good. Yeah, because yeah. I... Have a kind of a in the long long ago have a poly background and, and I still know a lot of people who are mm-hmm. and yeah. it can be a very positive thing for people and I and I think that that needs to be said over and over and over and over that along what was, we were talking earlier that along with the kind of poly fits in with the alphabet soup of you know LGBTQI well and like uh, and like oh, the yeah. thing that ties just, it all together just, is people giving a fuck what's going on with you do you want some I bought too much challah bread today will you have some. Hala. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever even had some. It's like it's like a little bit sweet. That's all right. Jewish I like it when it's got a little chocolate. curry and raisins in it. Yeah, this is chocolate challah. Oh, chocolate challah. Please, ah. please have half a challah. Like you, you do. I will. Because I discovered that if I go to if I go to Gelson's real hungry, it's just all carbs. Oh, it's Ooh. bad. It's bad. You're gonna come home with a bread basket. <laughs> so much. So much. Nice. Good okay. flowers, though. Thank you. Michael gave me these. Uh, Wrong Michael. This one. Other one. Not yeah. this one. Other yeah. real Michael. The, the real one. Yeah. The, yeah. the real deal Michael. Yeah. I had a successful Tinder date last night. Uh-oh. And we're doing, uh, hanging out uh, tonight. Awesome. Very nice. I was Which talking. Long Beach. Oh, that's, that's rough. That's a hike. Yeah. yeah. But Michael was, but, Michael was living in Canoga Park when we started dating and I was in Long Beach. So nice. Just, but she works in Manhattan Beach, not far from where I work. Gotcha. Nice. So. Um... I was talking to... I did a shitty show in El Segundo on Wednesday with Ryan... Wasn't that a song in the night? Exactly. <laughs> I did a shitty show in El Segundo. It's actually an adorable fucking tiki bar. But the guy who books it is Ryan... The guy who made Big Pine Comedy Festival. The shitty comedy festival. Ryan Tomo? No, no, no. Not Ryan, Ryan Tomo. Ryan... St- t- t- anyway, he's... um, He drives from Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix. 
to do this show once a month. Oof. Anyway, Whoa. I was talking to Mike Alberici, and he lives with Josh Giannato. Oh, and he's I, in the compound. Yeah, he's in the compound. And I was like, I was like, fucking Josh, he's so fucking nuts. And he's like, he's like, he's like, he's all right. I'm like, is he? Um, <laughs> and then I said, I said, the weirdest thing that Josh does is he's always showing me his Tinder dates. And, like, it's not like he's showing me, like, a girlfriend or someone he's seeing. He'll go, do you want to see who I'm meeting later tonight? And I'd say, no. <laughs> and then he's, like, he's, like. Hell to the no. Like, why do I give a fuck? Like, I'm a straight woman. But Michael said he does that to everyone. And that's kind of relieved. Like, like it's not <laughs> anything to do with me he signing makes everyone off. everyone look at his Tinder girl. Yeah. And I'm, he's, he's, like, she lives in New York. And I'm, like. I don't give a fuck. So you guys are what meeting in Utah? I you're don't know. gonna put your dick in her, and then never. I'm like, I'm like, I'll look at a girlfriend or like someone you're seeing, and like, like you know, yeah, I, I'm emotionally invested. Yeah, but if it's a Tinder date, I don't Random. care. Yeah, fucking leave it. Anyway, that was. Yeah. I'm so glad I've never had to do anything like that. I went from one marriage yeah. to the next marriage. Just went straight really quickly, back. and was like, I haven't exited that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Me too. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind. Sorry. Daxie and I got. Yeah, yeah. Dax was. Dax was. I'm definitely the marrying kind. Always have been. I've always been that kind of guy, hard on the sleeve, emotionally available. Yeah, yeah. Daxie. Daxie uh, was in a poly marriage, and uh, and it, it worked out interestingly. It worked out in its own way. In its own way, it did. Yeah. Yeah. But I and that's why I tell people though. I'm like. Poly marriages end at the same rate regular marriages. No, they totally do. They they're totally just do. more fun while you're in them. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, and like, but like, there was that weird element, and this is not Michael's business, but like, there's that weird element, like, of surprise. Because you're like, why would you end a poly marriage? You can have everything you want. Right. Except for when it's to be in a monogamous relationship with someone else. Like, yeah. that's. That's the only thing you can't have. That's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, if you I, don't want that, you don't want that. I mean, if yeah. you want, I mean, that's and that's the other thing that people don't understand not necessarily about poly is is okay. You're in a primary relationship and you have a secondary relationship, and that secondary relationship ends. It's just as heart wrenching, gut wrenching, yeah. painful, awful, terrible. But then you're still in a relationship, and, and that's weird. Gutting as as <laughs> right. it being just one on one, and yeah. it still hurts. It's so still bad. just as and there's still as much emotional risk there, and it's still you know. It, you know, it can be just as, just as real as anything else. Yeah, so. I wrote a, I wrote a, I just published the thing on uh, what I learned from marriage on Facebook for the for the Love TV website, oh, oh, nice. and it does say some pretty specific things about Tom, <laughs> and it might get back to him. And I would like, I like, I was just kind of thinking about that, like, because it really, I mean, of course, his name is not in it, but it's just like it's real clear, like. But his well, last name is. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's very much like. He'd already been married. He cheated on his first wife, and then he cheated on me, his second wife. So good luck to the third wife. Like I do say that, and uh, I could he, yeah. could. he could get mad. He won't. It's fine. And also, who cares? Exactly. That's what I have to be at peace with. Well, that's another thing that that a lot of people don't watch out for. It's like, okay, if somebody's cheating on their with you, right? When you become that, that's going to happen again. That's like that's a lesson I didn't learn until much much later. Mostly likely going to happen again because he said. Oh, I'm done with that. And I said, okay. <laughs> yes. All right. No, I'll see you pain. later. I was just thinking, even a vegan's aversion to cruelty ends at X's. 
Okay. Well. Hey, you know, I have a lot of vegan friends who say we would gladly eat humans. Yeah. Gladly. Yeah. No, that gladly. We've had the discussion like And babies are delicious. <laughs> like for me, yeah, because it's about because it's about not taking advantage of a weaker thing. Right. Yeah. If it's another person, yeah, not fuck, babies. Fuck them. You're, you're on your own, man. Yeah, babies aren't people. That's why we can kill them. <laughs> I'm glad you're on a good Tinder date. Oh, and I booked a commercial. Oh, is that is that what you're looking for? Booked a commercial. Yeah, nice. uh, it was a non-union regional, but it still pays like five thousand. Fucking yeah. Yeah, Fucking I'm getting awesome. this urge to drum from you. I know. You're, you're I'm a, a very uh, bongo circle wrist. person. God, you're... he's so burning man. He's so burning man. <laughs> My dad's a drummer. I have a lot of friends who are burners. Yeah, sure, yeah. And that's what that party yeah. I ended up at last night was a burlesque burner party. Oh, so what was, was at. Wait, Would you ever find what Bush was on? No, he couldn't have just been drunk. He could not have just been drunk. He was drunk. just too bushy. He was too bushy and like... I bet it was ecstasy. I bet it was ecstasy. It was probably Speedy X. Yeah. He and Janet love It must have been pretty speedy. Yeah. Because like it, well, I didn't, it wasn't like sweaty. He didn't seem like overly emotional or connecting. Yeah. Uh, like, maybe, maybe it wasn't you know? speedy then. Maybe it was cokey then. Yeah. Maybe more cokey. cokey. X. Okay. I haven't got to about this because it's been too long since we've hung out. Yeah. Um, uh, this is so since we went on tour with Soph, yeah. I never really paid that much attention to her act before, and I kind of became aware that all of everything she has that has any kind of a hook is just lifted directly from someone else. Uh-huh. Like her closer, where she mimes a girl getting ready in the morning and putting a gun in her mouth, is Ed Galvez's closer, where Chewbacca's getting ready in the morning and puts a gun in his mouth. Except for in his thing, it's Chewbacca. Whoa. And she, um, someone retweeted a, a Megan Omron joke from 2012. Ooh. I'm the, I bet I'm the hottest bitch crying in this Jamba Juice bathroom. Sophia's joke is, I'm the hottest bitch crying in this, P- like in this. P.F. Chang's bathroom. No, it was, it was actually uh, the really bad Chinese Panda Express Panda parking Express lot. Parking lot. Like, wow. and then like after we toured together and we were on the road for a week, she stole one of my jokes for her writing. Fuck. Yeah. Oh. She just stole it. And like, then she'd heard it every night for a week. Okay. And I'm like, wow. And it's just, it's like, I'm not even mad. Hardwick talks I'm just about that fascinated because it's clear that she's not aware she's doing it. Right. Because yeah. then you, you start being she, around other yeah. comedians and you, especially if you're touring with somebody, it's like, and you're writing and you're like, am I coming up with this on my own or right. is this yeah. lifting from, and, and, and it's, it's hard to, blur, to, to, to delineate. Some comics make it a point not to listen to other comics, to comic yes, albums. Specifically so yeah. they. Yeah. Don't internalize. Don't lift. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's super weird. That is weird. But see, I'm one of those people yeah. who bring it to her attention because I because I'm was because such she's a, never going to be a comic. I don't care. Well, because I was such a comedy nerd growing up that I was always knew whose bit was whose, and right. and so for my own stuff, I'm like, right. okay, that's skating a little bit right. too close right. to Robin Williams or a little bit too close. Well, to Well, there's this, always so going to be the person who does that. In when we when we were coming up, and and Dax has a couple years on me. And then Andy has like one year on me, but not really anymore. But uh, <laughs> but like Andy Wood was always the joke police. Yeah. Like yeah. when we yeah. were being yeah. writing yeah. session, yeah. Yeah. like There's... that was definitely his role. He's like, and like, and it would sometimes be something really small. I'm like, sometimes he would have a good point. I'm like, oh, you're right. We've just 
if you re- rewritten a remembered thing, but I'm like, well, Andy, that just means they both have phones, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, so <laughs> the things that set off his alarms are yeah, too pretty. Similar. Somebody was just talking. I just read an article. Somebody was talking about doing Cosby bits on stage to take the comedy back, to say fuck Cosby, and and to 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 grab some of his stuff and to do it on stage as a fuck you to Cosby. But you know, what's the failure in that, Michael, is that that that's not the material. Cosby's material was never the thing. No, no, I'm right. You're right. Anyone could do Cosby's material on stage, but unless they're doing a fucking impression of his voice, rhythm, And he was talking about not doing that. Then it would fail, and it doesn't matter. Cosby's not the a writer. Ma- the material itself is the material good will lay flat. To, right, 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 right. You gotta there's have some the, people, like, you gotta have the, the, the sing song, the, the cadence. Yeah, there's like there's yeah. your Stephen Wrights, there's right. your Emo Phillipses, the things where the, the material will live it's on its the own. Character. But it's the character, right, right, right. So, and I and I don't like any and like unless it's like a one off like stick or treat or like like yeah. a special event. I don't like any excuse to just take other people. Oh no no no, no 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 no! Don't love but it. This was, I was just saying, like, read an article just raping him of his material. Yeah. Well, but that's, <laughs> and that, that was his Everybody point. Everybody drink this. That was his point. Yeah. <laughs> so I can do that. That was his material. point. Right. That was his point. As a Sounds like an open mic of fear to me. Yeah. No, yeah, this yeah. was somebody who's working, and I don't remember who oh, it is God. now, but it was somebody who's. Yeah. Oh, LA is filled with working open mics. Well. Ah! Ah! We're such bitches. Ah, I'm not up Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Um, I'm kicking you out. Yeah, I love you. Away. Okay, yes. Yeah, Congratulations. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you for having me. Good to meet you. Pleasure please, meet you. please contact me. I'm, I'm, I, I, can, I can travel. Once you get through all this, I'll, I'll contact. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take all the protein powder and then podcast. Blown up like a balloon, like a Macy's parade. So. Well, this is fun. I'll surprise people walking through. Who's going to walk through next? <laughs> uh, well, next I have New York comic Louis C.K. stopping by to borrow some eggs. That's not true. And jerk off in front of me. And um, jerk off in front of me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, where were we? We were talking. Gosh, we talked about a lot of things. Everything. Comedy and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Aside from comedy, what uh, probably the uh, decidedly Jackie Cation-esque type question? What's your dorkdom? What's your what, what kind of stuff do you like? Boy, oh boy, there's just so many. Oh, tell me, there's tell just me, tell so me. Many. Um, my dorkdoms are kind of uh, weirdly. I mean, it's a weird thing to say. They're weirdly specific, but. Uh, Top to bottom, uh, tap dance, I'm incredibly dorky about. Nice. The history of tap dance, jazz dance, Lindy Hop, swing. Um, I'm very dorky about music and singing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I've been in, I've been in very expensive voice coaching classes for a year. Someone who's always been able to sing and has felt good about it, but I just wanted to go to the next thing. Uh-huh. And, while I think that it has served me a little bit, and Kirsten and I have actually talked about how it has served me on stage and like mm-hmm. like locking into resonance and mm-hmm. really like trying to you know think about how I sound on stage, it's just because I love it. It's like the by and large, it's just because I love it. I'm very dorky about art and art history, um, costume history, uh, Sandman comic books specifically. What, what, what kind of art? Um, I'm a modern art person. I used uh, like I almost sculpture, like, painting, all the above, everything. Mostly painting and photography, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was like, I wound up being like three hours from having an art history minor in school just because I kept taking oh, yeah. art history classes. And then I will, you know, I, I 
I will go to pretty like I I flew to London to see the David Bowie uh, <gasps> retrospective yes. at the VNA. How was that? Oh, it was really good, and and like that's kind of a, a, a mix of the music and the and the art. Um, but like I flew to New York to see a punk retrospective, and like and and uh, um. San Francisco to see the Gaultier, I guess that's more fashion mm-hmm, stuff, but mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. but definitely art, fashion. Uh, the funny thing is that the Bowie exhibit taught me pretty much what the Eddie Azard movie taught me, which is that um, he just kept doing the thing. Yeah. And that Bowie is not really, like, we think of him as being like a crazy originator stuff. But he's an aggregator. Aggregator, yeah, yeah. And like he's a he, collector of, he's a of collector. people, people and things, ideas, movement. and yeah. yes. And there's weird connections. And he'll hitch his. He'll. You think about. You think about Bowie being a star, but really he's a person who hitches his wagon to other people's mm-hmm. stars. Right. Warhol. I mean, he never got in with Warhol, but he was always admiring like of admiring, him from afar. But like, but like, but I see him kind of almost doing the opposite. It's like taking other people up with him, like Klaus just for Nomi a time. Klaus and, Nomi, and, Joey yeah, Arias. For just a second, Brian like, Eno, Brian Eno, yeah, yeah. Uh, you Iggy know, Pop. Iggy Pop, definitely. Um, well, here's an interesting thing uh, about that. So um, I also like outsider music, especially Texas outsider music. Really? Your, your Rocky Ericsons, okay, and your Jandex, mm-hmm. and um, uh, your legendary Stardust Cowboys. Now, legendary Stardust Cowboy is a character in a small town in Texas. He only writes. Songs about space and being a cowboy. Mm-hmm. And someone gave Bowie a tape in the sixties, like because Bowie's always like, "Give me material, give, like give me stuff. I'm going to consume stuff." Right, right. Consume and in the beginning, and, it was just put out my own thing. Yeah, exactly. In the beginning, it was just like Clockwork Orange and the space like landing. Like those, those are the only things he was making anything out of. Um, but anyway, he, he kept collecting stuff and and becoming richer in his in his product, but. Um, so he'd gotten this tape and he, you know, pulled Stardust out for Z Stardust. Mm-hmm, like, that's mm-hmm. where that part sure, of that name sure, came from. Sure. And the ledge, as the legendary Stardust Cowboy is kind of known, it was like, you know, for many years, he's like, yeah, you know, he kind of just picked up on that. It would have been cool to, like, get some money or something. And then on. Bowie's Heathen record mm-hmm. uh, he did a great Pixies cover of Cactus and he also covered a legendary Stardust Cowboy song um, took a trip on a Gemini spaceship and it just kind of as a thank you back and as a gesture for uh, for that person and like I, I thought that was so sweet mm-hmm. and so thoughtful to like turn back to something from 30 years before because sure. that, that you know royalty that, money that was the thing that really Cemented Bowie forever yes, with Ziggy for, Stardust. Is this character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and obviously, you know, Ziggy Stardust was made up of, of that name, of uh, the Japanese fashion designer that he started working with who um, came to talk in, in, at, the, at the Bowie exhibit. Um, I've forgotten the guys, I can't think of it right now, but he said he got a call that Bowie was wearing um, a jumpsuit of his, which was the the black sculptural right. very shiny one right. and he was like there must be a mistake that is a woman's jumpsuit and then he started making stuff exclusively for Bowie but like yeah but like feeding artists gathering him to him like interpreting stuff 
Uh, well, he's like he's like he's like a bee. He goes and he consumes yeah. pollen and then barfs out something glorious yeah. that we can all enjoy. And like, uh, not that the pollen isn't enjoyable on its own. But, exactly. But, you know. but yeah, and like and like people have, you know, I think that Marilyn Manson's whole career has been made of things that Bowie has picked up and cast off. You betcha. You and betcha. like and like, there's just so much material there. Um, but yes, uh, so my directors largely run towards art, music, and dancing. Nifty. Which don't sound dorky, but I get so dorky. Oh no, no, no! I'm 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 one of those people who understands the whole. Mm-hmm. You can be nerdy about anything. It's, right. it's like Hardwick says: it's not what you consume; it's how you how consume, you consume it. it. Um, definitely, uh, like previously, the dance game, Dance Dance Revolution. Mm. Um, oh that yeah, was yeah. falling out of favor, but like I got super dorky mm-hmm. about that. Like mm-hmm. I would travel when I did, you know, travels. I would try to also always go play DDR somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, like there was a website where you could find machines. Sure, sure. And like so, I've played in like Singapore and London and Fantastic. Boston. And uh, and I'm just a big uh, big old dork. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. We love big big old dorks. So. Yeah. So, um, is there anything coming out or the, or or that either known or un, unknown that maybe people may or may not know about that you recommend or or, or in any form of media or anything any shows oh, coming wow. up any any anything like that that you're uh, you're hip to the jive. Well, um, tickets for Noel Fielding Solar Show. <gasps> Just one on sale. Where is that? Um, that will be at the Fonda in mm. April, in the March thirty first, April first, April second. I should hop and on that. I missed. I pissed off it. myself for missing out on Cure tickets. You know, I made a really, I made a decision about the Cure ticket because I'm definitely like, uh, and like, I have a Cure tattoo. <laughs> I, I saw him for the first time in a bowling alley in Fort Worth, Texas, in nineteen eighty six. So. Uh, I've you been are my cure, you are my cure god now. Right, a long, a long, long freaking time ago. But and I, I, they were touring the the when they were playing the first three records back to back. Yeah, they did it in Australia in a time where I was going to be in Singapore, and I really thought about flying down to see that. But I do think I made a decision not to see the cure because I feel like I've seen them at the peak of their powers. Mm-hmm. And I saw them in '89. Yes, three exactly, times. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I saw them a great deal between like 1986 and 1995. And now I think I'm kind of maybe good. Like I saw the Who in 1989. I wouldn't want to see the Who. Like, like I saw. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of see what you're saying. But this kind of thing that they've been doing, where they're mm-hmm. only playing festivals these last few years, and they've gone through these reconfigurations of the band. Like yeah. for a while, they were only electric guitars, no right. synth, and they right. were doing that. And they brought Pearl Thompson back. And that whole thing, but now they're kind of back with the full band. I mean, Roger O'Donnell's back again playing mm-hmm. keyboards again, and I'm just like, kind of, I don't know, but you know, you, yeah. you could absolutely be right and about. That's, and that's just I've for seen me. it, I've done not, it. Right. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not yeah, right yeah, or wrong, yeah. but like, but like, I know for a fact, like, I saw the best Morrissey show that I'm ever going to see. I don't want to see another Morrissey. You don't want show. It, right? Like, and I loved it. And it was great from top to bottom. Nothing I, nothing he ever does is going to be for me as good as that because it was in a small room. It was in Portland. It was everybody in the room was someone who I had dated, been in a band with, been <laughs> friends with. Like it was this fucking wow. communal yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nothing's ever going to beat that. Like, it's like it's like yeah, it's it, yeah. So it, no fieldings coming. Right. No fieldings yeah. coming up. Um, and and like. There are three shows, so there's still lots of good tickets. Mm-hmm. Even when this podcast comes out, I'm sure there's going to be good tickets available. Um, Tomorrow, by the way. Okay, Tomorrow very good. Morning. 
And then uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, my friend Dax Jordan has a great album out on iTunes called Number One Grandson. And then my own album uh, called Keep. Gothic American uh, <laughs> that was recorded at the complex where we oh, met at Ground yeah, Control. Yeah, yeah. Um, that will be coming out by Christmas, so I definitely want people to. Oh, um, I will put links up. I will put okay. thing, the things. I'm finishing up. I'm finishing. We just did a shoot for Alamart. Um, um, we're just finishing up mastering, and uh, and I'm really looking forward to getting that out and uh, and just per- like making everyone sick to death of hearing about it. Really, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, plug plug yourself, plug your stuff. Where where well, do people find you? I'm Virginia Jones, and like I said, this is the podcast that's going to break me wide, just <laughs> wide open. Um, you can find me on uh, the internet at my website is Bedinia b a d i n i a dot com. Uh, I'm pretty Googleable. There's a lady uh, who was exonerated for murdering her husband who has a slightly more Virginia Jones Virginia Jones Google heat than me but like <laughs> you know I'm not her I'm not her I'm, <laughs> I've never I've never been convicted of murdering Emphatically. I believe anyone. you I believe yeah. you um, you know but like you know there's links to my YouTube and my Insta and all that stuff um, anybody in the Portland area I'm coming through on tour in November. Yeah, where can people see you? I want to. I want to. I want to go see. You. I want to go consume your show. Your thing. yeah. All my dates are up on Bedinia.com. Okay. There's okay. just a lot of them. Um, and then in Portland, I'll be doing a, uh, a women's charity benefit on November 18th in Vancouver, Washington. Excellent. I will be at the 10th anniversary at the Eugene Women's Comedy Festival on the 19th. Um, then doing Seattle's Comedy Womb on the 24th. So uh, all my cool. Pacific Northwest peeps, uh, check my shit out. And um, it's been fun talking to you. I know we didn't this, really tell jokes. No, that's fine. But this, I, I've gotten to the point where I just absolutely adore just talking to people and getting in depth and just kind of like really just talking about stuff, important no or otherwise. And no this one's is, gotten more in depth than us. Jesus Christ. This is this has been an utter delight. And and no, I'm I'm dead serious. I'm not not blowing smoke. I this has been really I didn't know what to expect cuz you don't know I don't you and I don't know each other all that well, mm-hmm. but we have a lot of people and things mm-hmm. in common Absolutely. and now with the comedy and discovering even more things we have in common that that regard and this has been this has been just a, a delightful, surprisingly wonderful time. So thank you so much. Thank you for thank being you on for, here. Thank you for coming into my home and, and bringing your equipment. Um, let's see what else can I say that shitting on the LA comedy community. I love Ryan Talmo. He's wonderful. I love Ryan I just, Swallows. We just added each other on uh, on uh, the Twitter, the tweets. Nice. Um, I will say one thing that's funny about. I still consider myself to be a baby in LA because I've only been here like three years. But at this point, it is going to be the point where if people say, oh, my friend is a comic and I don't know you or we don't have... Like, it's easy now. If I look you up on Facebook and you're not friends with 200 people that I'm friends with, you're not a comic. Like, you're just not. Yeah. yeah. It is not. And, like, and increasingly, like, if I have never heard of you at all, you're probably... probably you know, if, you're, if your comedy career centers around... Uh, flappers, probably not. 
I hear so much shit about flappers. They're, they're, you know, they're wonderful. It's, it's, it's a wonderful idea. It's like communism. I wish it could execute better. I'm actually doing a show with them on the 12th. Or maybe I'm not based on this recording. But, oh, don't worry. They're not going to hear this. But, uh, no, the, the, the heart of flappers that we're Am I right? 12 people? Exactly. The heart of flappers that we're a community and we're working together is a wonderful, wonderful concept. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the actuality where every comic on the show sits in the hallway because God forbid they support each other annoys me. Yeah. 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 Go and listen to the other people tell the jokes. But yeah, uh, Google me. Let's be friends on the internet. That's everything I've ever wanted. Like, follow me on Twitter. I got nothing to live for. I'm doing it. <laughs> I put my money where my mouth is, or Yay. where my Twitter is, or something. You put your Wednesday where your mouth is. That's what you said. No. My Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. That's S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L underscore St. Michael on Instagram. You can find us online as something2xp. Please, please subscribe and review us on iTunes. It's important. Mm -hmm. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Check out our blog and listen to past episodes on something2xp.wordpress.com. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. You've just listened to the Something Something Experience podcast with your hosts, Michael John Simpson and Kitty Brown. Something 2XP was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. You can find us everywhere online as Something 2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and WordPress. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind. <laughs> <laughs>